Okay, guys, let's get our thinking caps on. So, um, Mitzvahs of the Seder Nights. Mitzvahs of the Seder Nights. Always fun to talk about and to discuss the various halachas and mitzvahs and reasons. And, and, and you know, there's always loads to talk about. I just posted, I created a playlist on YouTube of almost all the classes we've done over the years for Pesach. So you could revisit, last week we talked about Karpas, you could revisit from previous years, different things about matzah, haseba, all sorts of good stuff. All right. I still have one in my pocket to pull out on haresas, but uh, I don't know if that's going to end up being this year. Anyway, maybe for Pesach Shady, we'll talk about haresas. Anyway, um, but so tonight, today, sorry, Pesach is all about the night. By the way, I'm not being antisocial sitting on this table. It's just that because these are Pesach Svarim, I don't want them to be sort of in the bagels on locks. So don't take it personal. Um, so I want to talk about one of the unique mitzvahs of the Seder night. Can somebody throw some mitzvahs of the Seder night at me? Leaning. Ah, leaning. Okay, that's a good one. Anyone else? We've done two classes on that. Telling the story. You got it. Retelling the story. One of the specific unique mitzvahs of the Seder night is to tell the story of the Exodus. Now, you guys all know that. Okay, so I, w- the way I'm going to do this is to read from the Rebbe's Haggadah. The Rebbe's Haggadah is a truly uh, unique compilation. I call it compilation because that's what the Rebbe called it, even though it is much more than that. And um, we could do a whole class on the history and significance of the Rebbe's Haggadah, but for now, we're just going to delve right into it. And I'm going to read through um, some things that the Rebbe writes over here and elaborate as we go through it. So you guys all know that whenever you do a mitzvah, what do you do before you do a mitzvah? Bracha, bracha, usually the bracha is Etc. Right now, there are some exceptions. There are mitzvahs that have a bracha that doesn't have that. Um, let's call it uh, f- uh, frame to it or that uh, format. format, that uh, structure to it. Right? Um, what's a, who can think of a mitzvah that we do on a daily basis that the bracha has a very different format? Ah. Peanut gallery, what? Benching. Benching. Oh, very good. Oh, that's a good one. Benching. It's not so far off, probably. You have a chalta v'savote You should eat and, uh, and and you satiate it and you bless Hashem. So there's a mitzvah to bench. Now, so ostensibly, if there's a mitzvah to bench, what should you do before you bench? You should say, I'll whatever yeah, to bench. So we don't do that. Why don't we do that? You're jumping. I was going to mention this was going to come up later, but you mentioned it. So the Rishonim bring that we don't make a bracha on a bracha. In other words, if the mitzvah itself is to say a bracha, so then there's no additional bracha on that bracha. Okay, so that, that's going to, bear that in mind, that is going to come up. What's another mitzvah that we do every single day 
which actually does have a bracha, but does not have the format of Asher Kedushan of a Mitzvah of Tzivanu. Mitzvah of Kriyashma. The Mitzvah to say Shema, we say it by Shai in the morning and the evening, and it does have not just one bracha, but two brachas preceding it, and one in the morning and two in the evening brachas um, after it. But it doesn't have the regular framework of Asher Kedushalom and They're actually much more elaborate brachas than that, but brachas nonetheless. Yes. There's no mitzvah to say Birchas Torah. The mitzvah is to study Torah. So we have mitzvah to study Torah. So you say the bracha beforehand, some people say. Oh, so what What do you do if you say Shema? If you're going to daven too late and you have to say Shema before davening, you don't say a bracha, right? It's a, it's a good question. It's a, 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 unfortunately beyond the scope of today. Okay, so the first question we're starting out with for the Seder night is, we have a mitzvah, a biblical mitzvah on the Seder night that says, thou shalt recount the Exodus. And yet, we don't find any bracha before you say the Haggadah. There's other mitzvahs on the Seder night. What are the other mitzvahs? We have a mitzvah to eat matzah. What do you do before you eat matzah? You say, Asher Kedushanah matzah. There's a mitzvah to eat more. Before you eat more, you say, Before in times of the Beis HaMikdash, before you eat the carbon Pesach, you say, What's the end of that bracha? Akiva? What bracha do you say before you eat the carbon Pesach? In the times when there was a carbon Pesach, what bracha did they make? I'm pretty, if I recall correctly, the Rambam says the bracha is al-achilas hazevach. It's the Gemara in the end of Sochim over there. Yeah, one bracha for the Chagiga and the Pesach or not. Anyway, right? But why don't we make, but there are some mitzvahs of the Seder night that we don't say a bracha on. We don't say a bracha before we recite the Haggadah, Asher Kedoshonim HaMitzvah to recite the Haggadah, right? We also don't say a bracha, Asher Kedoshonim HaMitzvah for Haseba, for reclining. We also don't say bracha for drinking the four cups. Say you say I'm eating lechem and aretz on the matzah too, but in, but but there's no asher kedushah, there's no birchas mitzvah on the four cups of wine. Now, why is there no birchas mitzvah on the four cups of wine? So, some. Um, Okay, you know what? Before we get to the four cups of wine, we'll introduce that by saying something else. Um, what's another mitzvah of the Seder night? This is a bit of a tricky one. Another mitzvah of the Seder night that we do not say a bracha on. There's a weird, like, washing sequence. Okay, good one. Good one. I did not think of that, but that's not what I'm talking about. You got like a scholar over here. Come show off. <laughs> Question is, how many of them you spent in Israel? Because 50 Pesach is 100 Seders if you're in the diaspora. Um, okay, so this is, we've spoken about this before. We've spoken about this before in previous years. Halil. 
Now, the Chabad custom, as is the custom of many others, is that we recite Halal in Shul after Mairith. We mentioned in previous years many times, this is actually the only Halal of the year that women are obligated to say. All the Halals of Yom Tev, of Hanukkah, of Rosh Chodesh, women may choose to say them, but they're not obligated to say them. The only halal that women have to say, according to the, the Sfardim and Chassidim, etc., is the halal of the Seder night. Before the Seder, they should say, when they're all busy in the kitchen, especially the second night, it's rush, 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 right? You say, they should have to stop for five minutes and say, I think maybe, do you say, maybe? And, um, and, then, uh, and, then, and then and they recite halal, okay? Why, why are we reciting halal in shul before the Seder? So, one reason, perhaps the primary reason, is because the mitzvah, one of the mitzvahs of the Sadanite is to recite Halal. The way Halal is, um, is, is, is set up in the Haggadah is that we say the first two paragraphs of it at the end of Magid before, um, before we drink the second cup. And the rest of Halal, we say, mm-hmm. oh, the yeah, that's another, that's Haggadah, that's not Bechsa Mitzvah. Well, so he says, you know, that uh, why, why don't they go we don't say? We don't say a bricha sa mitzvah. We don't say a shaykh dishonim and mitzvah of Zivono, lishta is arba kaisis. Right? So, so one second. So, halal is, is split up. In the Seder, we split it up. We recite the first part, two parts of halal before the second cup, and the rest of halal we say over the fourth cup. So, because it's split up, you can't say a bracha, because you can't say a bracha on something that you're starting now and you're going to continue later. Right. So, by the same token, by the same token, we don't say bracha on the four cups of wine, because the four cups of wine is one mitzvah that's split into four different parts. So that's why we cannot say a bracha. Yeah, that is who says this answer. This is the rekeach. Okay. Rekeach says this. Um, uh, to be honest, uh, it's a bit of a. Um, I mean, there's there's two there's there's two when you say that you split up a mitzvah into numerous parts, right? So when it's halal, halal is one mitzvah. There's one mitzvah <laughs> which has numerous parts. So then you have mitzvahs, like, for example, shofar, right? So you blow shofar, you make the bracha, you blow the shofar, and then you do more shofar blowings throughout Musaf. So that's why we don't talk until the end of Musaf, so the bracha, right? So, or you have also b'dikus chametz, you could do it in multiple places. I, I'm not sure, I'm not sure, I'm just saying, I see everybody nodding their heads. Are everybody with me here? I'm just saying we have to differentiate between... A mitzvah that's one unit split into multiple parts, where we say that you don't say a bracha, versus a mitzvah that's complete after one unit, but we're continuing the mitzvah later. Right? So, like I'm saying, I think shofar is a good example. Shofar is an example. We are right. Okay, so Akiva is saying, so Akiva is saying like this. The, the primary mitzvah, the way shofar works is you make a bracha, then you blow what we call 30 sounds. And then you have more shofar um, separated throughout different parts of Musaf, right? So Akiva is arguing, look, after you've said the 30 koilas, 
after you've said the 30 the first 30 sounds, you're ready to fulfill the mitzvah entirely. Now, we're still enhancing the mitzvah later by doing more, by blowing the shofar in conjunction with the, the Musaf prayer. So we refrain from talking so that the bracha should also extend to that. But the mitzvah itself is done when you finish the 30 kailas, right? Now, I agree with Akiva, which is why I have a problem. Because over here in the Rebbe Zagada, he brings, um, and he brings this b'shem in the name of the Shavach Pesach. Does anybody know offhand who the Shavach Pesach is? Huh? I don't remember. I don't remember who the Shavach Pesach is. All right. The Shavach Pesach. Anybody want to Google who Shavach Pesach is right now? What do you get? All right, you'll tell me when you get it, right? But the Rebbe brings it from a shame, the Shavach Pesach, that one of the reasons there's no bracha on the Haggadah, on the mitzvah of Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, is because it's split into parts. It's split into parts. Now, how is it split into parts? How, what does it mean that you say the mitzvah of Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim is split into parts? Now, later in, depending how this goes, either in today's class or next week's class, we'll talk more about what the minimum and maximum what what the exact one one moment? What the exact doesn't say? Nothing more. Oh, nothing. No, no Wikipedia. There's no Wikipedia All right. So, so the so the Shavuot Pesach says. That the reason why, or a reason why, we don't say bracha on the Haggadah is because the, the mitzvah of recounting the Exodus is split into multiple parts, just like the four cups are split into multiple parts. And we're arguing that the, the right, and um, and and also the the halal is split into multiple parts. So we're saying the mitzvah of Sipriyotis Mitzrayim is split into multiple parts. Now, my problem with this Akiva is, to me, Sipriyotis Mitzrayim is more analogous to Tkia Shoifar. Than to than to halal. Halal is one unit of halal. You split it into two, and in the middle you have the second cup and the third cup and the meal and the talking. And da, 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 okay, you can't say bracha on it. I get it, right? Similar with four cups. Haggadah, there is the minimum requirement for what the Haggadah is. That we say uninterrupted from Anishtana until Baruch Hashem Goal Yisrael. We don't, I mean, uninterrupted doesn't mean that you can't talk. It's uninterrupted. We're not doing other activity in the middle, right? Um, who is it? Yishmael ben Avram Yitzchak Hakohen, an Italian rabbi from 1723 to 1811. Yishmael Hakohen, rabbi of Modena, enjoyed a high standing in the Jewish community world generally and was the last Italian rabbi who was accepted throughout the rabbinic world as a halachic authority. All right, okay, 18th century Italian halachic authority. Fine, we're going to get some more Italian guys coming up soon. All right, not on Pesach. Um, Okay. And we don't eat pizza on Pesach. Pizza is gabrox. Okay. Um, Ari has this. Ari has this idea that if you put the cheese before the sauce, that it's not gabrox. I, 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 <laughs> I like that idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not convinced, but okay. <laughs>
Convince who had to be convinced. <laughs> 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 I have an offer to sell you. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, okay. So, Lechaira, okay. I, I want to come back to this. Bear this in mind because certainly, at least a big, a, a significant requirement fulfillment of the mitzvah of Sipri does happen without interruption. So it's unclear to me what this means. Anyway, let's go through. You know what? Let's do this. Case. I'm going to read and translate this paragraph of the Rabbis Haggadah, and then we'll dissect. There's a lot of interesting stuff coming from this. We don't make a bracha on this mitzvah. Many reasons have been suggested. One, okay, I'm adding in the numbers just to keep count. One, he has already fulfilled his obligation when he says the words in Kiddush Zeichel Etzias Mitzrayim, remembering the Exodus. Two, because his requirement to recount the Exodus has already been um, uh, exempt. Um, Shear, there's no minimum measurement to the mitzvah Yitzhak Mitzrayim, and with a mere mention, the Dibri of Yalma, with any mere mention, you are Yitzhak the mitzvah. So, that because, so, so the, the assumption over here being that a mitzvah that doesn't have a, a mitzvah that, 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 that you could be Yitzhak with just a mere mention is doesn't require a bracha. Number four, because the recounting of the Exodus in and of itself is a bracha and a praise to Hashem, and especially because the end of the Haggadah has, does have a bracha, does this ring a bell? We don't, we don't institute a bracha on a bracha, right? David Yehuda said that about benching. So, we're saying here the same thing about the Haggadah. The Haggadah itself, at least, it's, first of all, the whole thing is kind of like a bracha. It's full of praise of Hashem. And Bifrat specifically that it finishes with a bracha. And therefore, there's no bracha to a bracha. They don't make a bracha on another bracha. Okay, anybody keeping count? What number is this? What? We're up to five. We're up to five, okay. Okay, we mentioned that one already. That you make, that you interrupt in the middle of the, of the mitzvah. Achila shtia with eating and drinking. You don't make a bracha on, on this. Again, I mean, this is absolutely fascinating. When do you eat and drink? This is this is unbelievable. And I think I might have a way to... Because you're eating and drinking in the middle of the mitzvah, you can't make a bracha. But when do you eat and drink? You eat and drink after, after Maggit. I, I, guys, I, I have I have a really interesting. I, I, th- I think I might have a good answer to this problem, but it's. I hope we're gonna, well, I hope we're going to have time to get there today. Okay, okay, that's it. Vo'ay tamim. The Rebbe concludes vo'ay tamim. And by the way, later on, the Rebbe brings in the Haggadah by a very famous section of the Haggadah. Baruch and Baruch Yeah, the proper four. Just when we introduce the four sons, so we say Baruch and Baruch Blessed is. Uh, I would say the omnipresent, blessed is he, Baruch Shanasun Torah La'ama Yisrael, which you may recognize as being somewhat of a paraphrase of Baruch Torah, the bracha that you say when you get an aliyah to the Torah. And indeed, the Shabbat Aleket, 
Also, another Italian rabbi, a little bit earlier, 13th century Italian rabbi, also, also a doctor. Um, although I don't know if you matched, uh, fulfilled Ari's uh, thing for, for, for medicine, but anyway. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> so, 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 so the Shabbat, like it says that we're kind of saying it's not bracha, bracha, but it's kind of like a bracha before we're saying the Haggadah. And it's interesting that it's paraphrased of all things, because um, we do find the Haggadah referred to as Limut HaToyra. The Shulchan Aruch says, so we see that recounting the Exodus and the studying the laws of Pesach kind of are interchangeable terms. Anyway, interesting point. Okay, so that's another, perhaps. Now, so we've suggested a whole bunch of reasons. Again, let, let me summarize. It's included in Kiddush. It's included in Shema. It has no minimum requirement. The Haggadah in and of itself is a bracha, or there's a hefsek that you interrupt in the middle. Now, I think I think that if you think about these reasons, oh, oh, very good. Go on, say more. Well, you're saying if you say that there's a separation, it means that you weren't like high in the book Kiddush, because you're saying that it's much more extensive, and therefore there are different parts to it. Okay, okay, so go on. If you say you're in with Kiddush or with uh, Shema. Oh, very good. So Akiva is saying, and, and this is actually the next trickle in the Rebbe's Haggadah, but I, what Akiva is saying is like this. Some of these reasons, the first two reasons, for example, the first three reasons even, um, assume that there is a, that, that the, a, a mere mention of Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim fulfills the mitzvah. Right? Now, if a mere mention of Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim fulfills the mitzvah, so then how could you say that the reason you don't say a bracha is because you're, you're, you're interrupting the mitzvah by eating. By the time I get to the eating, I've long, long done the mitzvah. Very good point. But yeah, it doesn't mean separate. Yeah, no, no, no. But I think there's a much more fundamental point that has to be pointed out. And that is that if we look at these reasons, some of them are assuming, some of these reasons are assuming that Sipu Yitzhi Mitzrayim does not require a bracha. And some of them are assuming that Sipu Yitzhi Mitzrayim does require a bracha, but that we already have the bracha taken care of in some unconventional way. It's not the conventional Asher Kedishonu Mitzvah Mitzivonu Al Sipu Yitzhi Mitzrayim. It's an unconventional bracha. It's, it's part of Birchus Krishma, where you already said Gal Yisrael. Um, it's already, it's, it's, it's part of the Haggadah, because Haggadah itself is a bracha. So you, you could ask the question, well, which one is it? Does it not require a bracha, or does it already have a bracha? Those two would appear... To be mutually exclusive. Yeah, you with me on this? Where do you see that it's, it does not require a, a bracha? Well, the third answer, which let's give it a source, is basically quoted from the uh, mainly, uh, mainly the most people, the Abu Dhabi brings it from the Rashba, um, similarly in the Archis Chaim of the Rosh, I think. Um, yeah, I'll quote to you the words of the Rashba. You don't make a bracha on the reading of the Haggadah. It's a bracha that does not have a defined uh, kitzvah, how do you say, a defined uh, limit. Even a mere mention, and therefore, again, the, the Rashi was making here an assumption, which I don't know where this assumption comes from. The Rashi was making here an assumption that um, a mitzvah that you could be yotzah with a mere mention doesn't require bracha. By the way, the Abu Dhabi, the Abu Dhabi, the Abu Dhabi is the one the Rebbe quotes a riff and the Rashba. Now, this riff, I don't think, I think the Rebbe's quote, 
Rebbe doesn't quote here the Abu Durham, but I think the source of most of these is the Abu Durham because the big problem with this riff, the Abu Durham quotes this riff, but we don't have this riff. But we do, riff is Reish Yud Pei, which stands for Rabbi Yitzchak Al-Fasi. But if you just take out the Yud, it stands for Rabbeinu Peretz. Um, Reish Pei stands for Rabbeinu Peretz. And um, I see he brings here from Rabbi Kasher, Menachem Kasher, that he thinks it's a, a mistake in the Abu Durham. It's not supposed to be riff because we don't have such a riff. It's supposed to be Rabbeinu Peretz, and Rabbeinu Peretz does indeed say that. So, but the Rebbe in this section and in the next section quotes, it's quotes this shame the riff. So it seems that the Rebbe's access to this riff was the Abu Durham. Um, but be that as it may, be that as it may, um, the, the Abu Durham over there gives another example of a mitzvah that you don't make a bracha on. A mitzvah that you don't make a bracha on because there's a minimum, because you could you could be with a mere mention. You ready for this? Shmanasra. <laughs> You don't make a bracha, even according to the Rambam, that daily um, that daily prayer is an, a biblical obligation, or everybody agrees that daily prayer is a rabbinic obligation, because on a biblical level, you're yoyed to the mitzvah of tefillah with any request you make of Hashem. Yes, it's true, Chazal instituted the whole format of prayer, including the 19, 18, 19 brachas that we say is part of the Amidah. But again, think about this for a second. What's he saying? He's saying, of course, you have to say the whole Amidah. That's the mitzvah, the way the Rabbanon instituted it. But because the mitzvah, the Eraisa, because the biblical mitzvah, you could be Yotzer with a Dibur Biyama, with a mere mention. So therefore, there's no bracha. Okay. So if I'm taking that, one second, if I'm taking that principle, again. I don't understand that principle. Okay. Okay, one second. Let, let, is, it, is it less than a shi or something? Is it's because it's, I, I guess what the, perhaps if I were to paraphrase it, I would say something, you can only make a bracha on something defined. Something that you can't define, you can't say a bracha on. There has to be a, a, a sort of definitive. Meaning a very nebulous. Something I said? A very nebulous description of, of praise of Hashem or thanks of Hashem. It doesn't really boil down to anything very specific, or saying something about Yitzchak or Yitzchak but something, but nothing in particular. You know, just about that. You know, it's very, it's too, it's too open-ended. Yeah. Uh, I think it's true. I mean, the, the whole sugya of brachas, mitzvahs, brachas, and all sorts of brachas. I think a lot. <laughs> You come into this type of thing a lot that Rishonim will sort of give you a principle. Uh, this type of thing, you don't say bracha. This type of thing, you have to say such a type of bracha, you know. And then it's like this principle that you have to work with and see how it go, fits with everything. But often you sort of like, why? Why did Chazal choose to do it that way? But part of the, the core of anything to do with Hilchus Brachas is the understanding that Chazal did have a very um, thought out uh, method to the madness, if you will, right? Now, there's actually one of we've spoken recently about Abraham Kenevsky. I once chanced upon a whole shtickle one of Abraham Kenevsky's for him, where he very what one of the big things in Hilchis Brachis in, in Brachis, which in Shukhanarch talks about it in Taflam and Dalit by Big Dikus Khamitz, is when do you say the bracha to do something, and when do you say the bracha concerning the Dharam? Like concerning washing the hands, or to put on tefillin, to um, 
right? So, right. so that's something which many talk about, but I, if I recall correctly, you know, many, many years, I think it was when Yitzhak Chachma was a new thing and I was browsing around. So it's like, oh, you know, some of these, you know, okay, I'm going to browse. So I found that he has a whole thing about making it a whole thing according to the Bavdi, when do you say Le'anal, and according to the Yerushalmi, you know. You have to know the whole Bavdi and the Yerushalmi, and you could do that. Yeah, it's certainly, yeah. <laughs> I saw yesterday that uh, Bachar in Morristown yesterday made the made the siyum on the whole Shas Bavdi and Yerushalmi. Who's it? Yeah. 22, 22 year old. I'm past 22. I can't do that anymore. <laughs> okay, okay, one second. So, so what, what, what are the, what is, the, so Abudurham, let's get back to what's recap. Torah, though, right? Yeah. Is that, is that very, um, Rikhazat Torah is a whole sugyo. If it's Shavach, Mitzvah, is a book combination. Okay, one second, guys. Let's, let's recap. Where are we here, right? The Abudurham is quoting here, let's say, call this Bushem the Rashba. Reb, uh, what's who's the Rashba's name? Reb Shloyma Ben. I think so. Yeah. So he's saying that a mitzvah like Shmina Esra and the Haggadah, you don't say Abraham because at least let's, let's, I'm adding in these words, but I think you have to add in these words that because on a biblical level, they, you could be Yotsu Bedibur Bialma, you could be Yotsu with a mere mention, even though Midirabanon. There's a much more elaborate um, text that you, that you have to follow, right? Nevertheless, you don't say a bracha on it. Okay, that's a principle. Let's say we don't even understand why that that principle, the reason for that principle. Let's just accept that principle for a moment, right? So, how does this fit in over here? On the one hand, we're saying that you're interrupting. In other words, we're assuming that the bracha would have to go on the whole Haggadah, even the parts of the Haggadah that are after eating and drinking, which we'll see soon what that is, right? And on the other hand, we're saying there's no minimum. There's no, there's no, yeah, it's... Those both can't be true at the same time, right? And another thing that can't, right, and another thing that can't be true at, both this, at the same time is that you, that superior system of time doesn't require a bracha, and also that you already does require bracha, and you, you have the bracha by saying Asher Galonu in the Haggadah, or by saying Gal Yisrael, or, you know, again, those two things are mutually exclusive. So, what's going on over here? Some of these things that the, I mean, as I said, there could be collecting a number of different reasons. Yes, yes, can just watch one more thing I want to say first, that I, I, he adds here an interesting word. The Shabbat Leket says like this, if you say the bracha is Asher Galonu, yeah. One of the reasons was that the, the Haggadah itself is a is a bracha, and you say Asher Galonu at the end of the Haggadah. Why do you say it at the end? Because part of the mitzvah is Maschal Begnusu Misayim Bishvach to talk about the bad, talk about how bad it was, and then how good it became. So we talk about how we start all the way back from when Lavan enslaved our father. There's actually two opinions we mentioned in the Haggadah. Yeah, there's Rav and Shmuel. There's two opinions. What does it mean to start from the bad? Does it mean to start from how 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 bad the slavery was, or does it mean to start how um, pagan our ancestors were? And we do both. We say that Abraham's father, Terach, etc., were idol worshippers, and we also talk about Avodimayinu and and love and Arami Evidavi, etc. Right. So we got all that in there. Now the bracha is a bracha of Gal Yisrael of the redemption. So says the Shabbat Lekhet. Even though usually you say a bracha before you do the mitzvah. Here, once you've already gotten to that high of Hashem, that Hashem redeemed us, it's not appropriate, I guess, 
you don't go back. And after you said after you said the good, you don't go back to say the bad. You know, once you once you know the good is the good is the good. So therefore, you say the bracha at the end. Okay. Interesting, interesting uh, thing. Okay. Yes, Akiva, what's your suggestion? Oh, maybe I don't know. Maybe there's uh, the biblical obligation, and then there's the rabbinic. Oh. The biblical piece is one moment, and some say that that's where the bracha would be theoretically. Others would say the bracha is on the rabbinic piece, which has a, uh, a massive okay okay so I, I very good and this is excellent and this is a perfect segue into the next piece of the that I wanted the next in topic I want to talk about what I keep saying is like this that perhaps there's Let's let's say like this. There's the biblical mitzvah. Let's, for argument's sake, now accept, and we're going to get there again. This is Hilchas <laughs> Pesach is amazing. I love Hilchas Pesach. There's the biblical mitzvah. What's the biblical mitzvah? By the way, how do you understand the first reason? Yeah, so therefore what? So therefore it doesn't need a bracha. Therefore that is a bracha. because you don't say a bracha on a bracha. Kiddush is the bracha. Uh, okay. If you say like the second reason, the Shemela Leket, the, the, the Me'iri says it very clearly. The Me'iri says that the, I don't know if the Rebbe ever quotes the Me'iri in the Haggadah, and I don't know how widespread the Me'iri was even published in the 40s when the Rebbe wrote this. Um, but um, but um, but the Me'iri says clearly that you mentioned, he doesn't say Shema, he says you mentioned it in Ve'emes Ve'emunah, where we mentioned explicitly Parai taking out of Egypt and the bracha after the Shema, and we finish off Baruch HaTashem Gual Yisrael. The Shabbat Leket says, you say Shema with a bracha before and after. What about Kiddush? What, what's the point of Kiddush? Like, Kiddush is in itself, itself it's, it's unclear, right? But again, Akiva is suggesting like this. There's a biblical mitzvah. The biblical mitzvah is a mere mention. You just got to mention Yitzhak Mitzrayim. For that, you don't need a bracha. You said it in Kiddush, you said it in Shema. Okay, it wouldn't fit with how much with the Meiri, maybe. Yeah? You said it in Kiddush, you said it in Shema. Um, uh, what else do we say over here? It, it's a Dibur Be'alma, the Rashba, that's just a mere mention. Yeah, you don't make a bracha on something that's a mere mention, etc. Then there's another question. Okay. So the biblical mitzvah, Yer What about the rabbinic mitzvah? The rabbinic mitzvah does have a whole text of the Haggadah, etc. There's a lot more detail. It's not a mere mention. So, okay, so you fulfill the biblical mitzvah, but there's still a rabbinic mitzvah. We do brachas on rabbinic mitzvahs. You say, Asher Kedushanam mitzvahs, we said last week on Mikra Megillah. Right? You do a bracha on rabbinic mitzvahs. So why don't you say, Asher Kedushanam mitzvahs, I'll sip you to Yitzvah the way that it is with Rabbanon, that you have to say the whole Haggadah, as we'll see soon. For that, we need another answer. Now, according to the Rashba, you don't need another answer for that. According to the Rashba, because Shmoneser is the same thing. Shmones <laughs> is the same thing. Shmones, you also don't, right? So, according to Rashba, once you don't make, so let's say like this, according to the Rashba, once you've already said a bracha, once the biblical mitzvah doesn't need a bracha because it's a mere mention, so even though the rabbinic mitzvah extends it, you say, no bracha, this is a mitzvah that doesn't qualify for a bracha. But others, let's say the Me'iri, the Shabbat Leket, and others would say, no, there should still be a bracha on the, on the rabbinic mitzvah. And now we need to come up with a new answer. You're interrupting. 
interrupting in the middle of the of the Haggadah. Or the, the Asher Galanu is the, the, the Haggadah itself is a bracha. You don't have a bracha on a bracha or something along those lines. Now here, again, I'm get, one second, I'm, get, I'm getting to what exactly the parameters, really important to define. What Okay, well, what are the parameters of the biblical mitzvah? And what are the parameters of the rabbinic mitzvah? Right? It's important to define that. But the, this 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 last answer again, Bashem the what who did we say the Shabbat Pesach is still mind blowing because the the absolute extent the, the 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 most the maximum you can get is you know um, to say no. So you could talk about Yitzchak Mitzrayim the whole night, right? But to say that, therefore, the mitzvah is, in, is interrupted, the, the mitzvah that Rabbanon does have a parameter, a limit. Of course, you could do more and more and more. But there is a limit. There is a limit. There's a Haggadah, the Haggadah, the Nusachah, the Haggadah, the Chazal Institute. We're going to spell this out soon. So what does it even mean that you're interrupting? In a, you, again, the biblical mitzvah, we, you, don't, you don't need a bracha for, let's say. The rabbinic mitzvah? The rabbinic mitzvah does not You're not interrupting in the middle of the rabbinic mitzvah. So this... You're not interrupting because the Achilah part is part of the agenda. No, the Achil part is after the Haggadah. No. The Haggadah starts... The, the, Let's say you argue that according to the Chazal, part, the, whole, the, the whole thing until the way in, all of it, and then when you go back to Halal, that's also part of the Supreme Court. How is Halal the Supreme Court? We have to institute the Shabbat and we want to, and all those things. Okay. Right? So you, need to, you say that, and then Achil too. They think that also part of it should be eating. But if that's the case, Achil is not an interruption. <laughs> No, like, you can argue that all the components of the seder are all somehow part of the secret. you know what? you just I, thank you. I just I have some I have some more sources that I forgot to bring up. Wow, look at you! Must be something I said. <laughs> <laughs> can I trouble you, Akiva? Um, this has got to be in the kuplisiches chilek. Hold on. Akiva, do you mind? Just bring Yud base, Yud base, Chav base, and Lamed base. It's one of those. <laughs> if you don't mind, there's a very important shtickle over there. <laughs> very good, Ari. You just said something really fascinating. Hopefully, I'll figure out what I said. Okay, go on. continue. Were you in the middle of something? Did I interrupt you? No, no. I'm just saying that like, I, I, my first thought is that, you know, from a rabbinical standpoint, all of the components of the Seder fit into the Gasol and into Super Yitzhak Agreed. You need the meal. You need, you need the hollow. You need all of it. But, but, but when you say, you say that, the yeah. problem with what I'm saying is if you say that, so that doesn't really answer our problem because then Achila. Is not a is not a break because it's part of it. That's the problem. But, right, right, very good. And I'm going to demonstrate even more. Thank you so much, Akiva. I'm going to demonstrate even more how the eating and drinking is all a part of it. And I agree with you. The eating and the drinking and the is all a part of it. But to my mind, it's all a part of it in the same uh, vein that Tkiyas the Mubud blowing the shofar by Musaf is part of the mitzvah of Tkiyas shofar. So yes, we don't talk because we want the bracha to extend onto that as well. So we don't talk after Tzkiyah Shefer till the end of Musaf. But you still say a bracha on Tzkiyah Shefer. You don't. That that doesn't constitute making the bracha behefsek. 
right? Further enhancement of the mitzvah can become part of the mitzvah, but it doesn't mean that you haven't yet. There is the mitzvah. The mitzvah is, okay, I think this kind right? yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm just, look, let, let, let's, let's, let's move on and come back to this, because I think with some more pieces of information, we could have a more um, informed discussion over here. Um, now, I just want to finish off with one fascinating thing, which I did not have time to sort of research this properly, but listen to this. Remember last week we spoke about, was it last week or two? Was it, uh, what did we speak about the Psalm Reish? Was, was that about which day was Purim? Yeah. When we spoke two weeks ago, we spoke about, um, or three weeks ago, whatever it was, we spoke about um, when, which, 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 which cities should we be doing Purim on which day, right? Mm -hmm. So we mentioned the Psalmim Rosh. The Psalmim Rosh is, uh, anybody remember what the Psalmim Rosh is? The Psalmim Rosh is a controversial Shulva Sefer, which for many years was, was presented as, and for many years was assumed to be written by a disciple of the Rosh. And, um, and, uh, and, and, but it turned out to be a fake. But because it was within the halachic, uh, Corpus for so many years, like you can't ignore it anymore, right? So, it's by a great right? It's, it's not like for, there's others for him that were there are, there are many others for him that turned out to be a fake. For example, the Yerushalmi Kodshim, and um, probably some others also, right? But those were discovered much quicker, so they never sort of made it in. Um, but this one made it in. What? Some Rosh was written by um, one of the one of the Maskil. Who was it written by? Was it, was it, was it? Yeah, one of the early Maskilim wrote it. With, with. It's a fascinating safer on all. It's a fascinating safer. He claimed that this safer is he came from the He he claimed that he found the manuscript, and it's a fascinating safer on all. I mean, I mean, the guy who wrote it was a serious Talmud right? <laughs> but uh, a scoundrel. Yes. All right. Okay. So I just so so listen to this. The Psalm Rush says. But uh, what, what's uh, the Chassam Sofer, one of the people that was adamant that this is a forgery early on, and he, the way that he felt that, one of the main reasons he felt that way is some of the things that were in there that he, that he thought were <coughs> strange. One, I think one of the big things was that Simon Roche talks about suicide, and in some context of suicide might even be mutter. Right? Might even be a mitzvah. <laughs> no, yeah, so, so, that's a very Samsefer type of comment. Yeah. <laughs> what does Samsefer say about the Yushalmi Kodshim? <clears throat> I'm, 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 I'm fairly confident that he said something, but I don't remember what. You know what the Rogachava said about the Yushalmi Kachim? Yushalmi Kachim, there's actually Rabbi Baruch Obalander was a. So we have the Babylonian Talmud and the Jerusalem Talmud, Talmud Yushalmi. Talmud Yushalmi is missing, um, I think, on the last two stars, on Kachim Antares, no? The six orders of the Mishnah, there's no, there's no Jerusalem Talmud on Seder Kachim. Which is the fifth of the six. I'm pretty sure there's no Talmud Yerushalmi in the sixth Seder either. So there was an individual by the name of Yehuda Friedlander. I don't remember if that was his real name or that's just the name he went by for this, who um, who did a very clever work of creating, quote unquote, discovering a manuscript of uh, Yerushalmi Kodshim, which he published. Um, I, he published most of it. I, 
So it's it's a so Rabbi Oberlander from Budapest. He has written, I think, a whole PhD on on the history of the Yerushalmi culture. Fascinating stuff. Anyway, but um, so they say that the Rogachover said when that in every parak in the Jerusalem Talmud there is the name of a sage of an Amira that doesn't exist anywhere else in the Jerusalem Talmud. Every parak has at least one name of an Amira that is unique to that parak. And in the whole Yerushalmi Kachim, there isn't any unique names. <laughs> By the way, the real author of the Son of Rosh is Saul Berlin. Saul Berlin. He's, yeah. he's what to the Natsif? Is he? It must be something, no? Yeah, maybe. All right, let's move on. Oh, one second. So, so what am I saying about the Son of Rosh? So one of the answers here that the Rebbe says is, Why don't you say a on the Because Listen, listen. The Rebbe says like this. Listen to these words carefully. These are the words in the Rebbe's Haggadah. The entire Haggadah is praise and praise to Hashem. And especially that they um, instituted the, the bracha at the end of the Haggadah. So therefore, there's no bracha on the Haggadah. Now, in the sources that um, the Rebbe quotes at the end of this, it seems that the source for this quote is the Masonism. But the Masonism, it's not the words of the Masonism, it's the, the idea that the Masonism says, which the Rebbe paraphrases in those words. Now, if you look at the Pesachim Rosh, the Pesachim Rosh asks the same question, and it's almost verbatim, the Rebbe is quoting the Pesachim Rosh almost verbatim. He doesn't attribute it to him. And I wonder, and it's not a raya, I wonder, and I have to look what the Rebbe's attitude to Pesam Marish was in general, but I wonder if the Rebbe was using the Pesam Marish because he paraphrased, because his wording is good, so he, he used him, but he, he wasn't going to quote it. Yeah? He made a good point. He made it, and that was, he didn't, he's not the other one who makes the point. The Rebbe quotes the point from others, right? But the wording is almost exactly the words of the Pesam Marish, it's it's very close, right? And I just want, but also one second, well, Akiva, just one more second. If you look at the Pesach and Rish, you also have these two aspects that he starts off by saying that you don't need a bracha and that you have a bracha. And it could be the Pesach and Rish is also in, 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 in addressing these two points that you mentioned. Okay, thank you. Okay, now, what time is it? 9.47, um, Okay, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. We're going to conclude now. Ari, you'll be back in next Sunday, Mitzvah Shem. I hope I'll be here. I think we have Shavu Brachas on Sunday morning next week. We'll see exactly what they say. If not next Sunday, the Sunday after. We have to continue because this is a very gishmaka conversation. But let, I'm just going to give you the, 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 the cliffhanger over here, right? What is the, there is a mitzvah. We're talking here about why we don't say a bracha on the mitzvah of Sipri Yitzhiz Mitzrayim. There is the mitzvah of Sipri Yitzhiz Mitzrayim on the Saturday night. Right? What else do we have besides the mitzvah of Sipi Yitzhiz Mitzrayim on the night of the 15th? We have a mitzvah to mention Yitzhiz Mitzrayim every single day, once at the, during the day and once during the night, right? Which we fulfill by saying the third paragraph of the Shema. So, what is the difference on a rabbinic level, on a biblical level, on a custom level, on so many different levels? Um, what is the difference between the daily mitzvah to mention Yitzhiz Mitzrayim? And the Bible and the Pesach mitzvah to mention Yitzhiz Mitzrayim, which is a very important question to address in and of itself. And I think possibly Ari, I don't know if you're talking, you're talking to God right now. What are you saying? Anything interesting? You're saying uh, there's something which does have a kitzvah, something that doesn't have a kitzvah. <laughs> so, um, 
so uh, um, I think that once we explore more the topic of what's the difference between the mitzvah every day and the mitzvah on the Seder night, there'll be some relevant input to, our, to today's discussion of what exactly is the mitzvah and why we don't make say a bracha on it. For example, this last answer that the Rebbe says here, that achilo that because you interrupt the mitzvah with achilo which is on some level at least assuming that the mitzvah extends all the way to the end of the fourth cup, and now he's saying, hold on a second, like, yeah. Um, so that, that, that certainly has input. So these two conversations are, are technically two separate conversations. One question is why we don't say a bracha. Another question is what's the difference between the mitzvah every night and the mitzvah on the Seder night? And could, I, we said, why don't you say a bracha on it? Because you already said the mitzvah and you did the mitzvah when you said Shema. Okay, if I already did the mitzvah when I say Shema, so what am I bothering with the whole Haggadah for? I can just get straight to the food. Why do I have to sit there and be hungry till 1130? Right? So clearly, even though you already fulfilled the mitzvah by saying Shema, by saying Kiddush or whatever, you haven't really done the mitzvah yet. There's something going on over here. So it's two separate discussions, but they're also very much related. And I'm really excited to discuss it with all you guys, hopefully next Sunday. Or I'm pretty sure we could still have the class next Sunday. I'm pretty sure that even though it's a daytime Shavu Brachas, we could get till 10 o'clock without going to Shavu Brachas. I think, what do you guys think? Well, if you do it uh, this coming up Sunday,